Section 15 of A Flurry in Diamonds by Amos Chiptree. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Penn. Chapter 18. I have given Pierre's story as nearly as I can remember it in his own words, and without commenting upon the effect which certain parts of it produced upon different members of the party. He was allowed to proceed without interruption, although it was amusing to note his study of our faces at various important points of the story. As he concluded, he was again overwhelmed with the congratulations of all present, and must have felt himself quite a hero in our estimation. The reference to the missing money must have been quite surprising to Sloane, as it was the first intimation he had had concerning it. Conversation over the various incidents of the affair became most animated now that everything seemed so plain and clear. I wonder, said Miss Hartwell, how you ever got into such a tangle over the affair in the first place, now that we know the truth. Easily enough, I replied, as you will see when you recall our mistakes and omissions at important points of the investigation. With regard to the diamonds, the first and most disastrous blunder occurred, as he admits himself, when Mr. Sloan omitted to see the safe opened. In connection with the safe, Kate also must own to a little remissness, in that she left the door open after removing the diamonds, and afterwards failed to notice that someone besides herself must have closed it. The circumstance of the card falling face up, and thus hiding what was written upon its back, was unfortunate. But, to the girl Winnie, must be attributed, more than to anyone else, a cause for our being so misled in our suspicions. I cannot understand why, with her knowledge of Pierre's actions, she should have allowed herself to rest under suspicion for hours after she might have cleared both herself and her brother, and, at the same time, have saved us much needless trouble and anxiety. "'Why, Fred,' said Pierre, laughing, "'don't you see that Winnie had too high a regard for me to renounce me to my own family as a thief, preferring rather to allow herself to be suspected for a time, thus giving me a chance to get beyond reach?' when matters began to look serious for her and that worthy brother of hers and after i had secured a good start she gave me away to kate but as she winnie had anticipated it was then too late to overhaul me i am sorry that she made so serious an error by her mistaken zeal in my behalf but must acknowledge my obligations to her for the friendliness of her motives do you think that winnie suspected you of really stealing the diamonds i asked rather surprised at his words i certainly do he answered what else do her actions indicate she evidently followed me down the stairs and watched me unobserved as she thought just as she would any thief then in her account of it to kate she showed that such was her idea and really i did not much wonder at it when i considered the circumstances and that she was not the only one to whom my actions gave the same impression with a sly glance at his father just here i have something to tell you which will be of news to all of you and rather startling news too i fancy it was fortunate for you fred that i took charge of your diamonds as otherwise they would probably have fallen into the hands of a less worthy person as i put it in my message to kate although when i wrote those words i had not yet learned what i now tell you before leaving the house that morning i went from the breakfast table to my room for something i had forgotten on the way i heard loud talking and wrangling in the direction of winnie's room and as i caught something about money and diamonds i became interested and secreting myself inside my room i listened i soon found that winnie was having some sort of a quarrel with her brother richard as she called him 
he seemed very angry and talked in a loud voice while his sister spoke in low cautious tones and was trying to quiet him i soon caught enough of their conversation to discover that richard had by some means learned of the presence in the house of an unusual number of diamonds and had come here to steal them he had either been caught by winnie while he was prowling around the house in search of them or else had come up there for the purpose of compelling her to assist him in the theft winnie seemed terrified at his words and was trying to induce him to leave by offering him money but although i fancy he took the money he did not seem disposed to go finally i heard her tell him that the diamonds were not in the house that they had been already stolen and that if he did not leave the house before the family came up from breakfast and discovered the loss he would get himself and her into trouble the fellow would not at first be convinced that she was telling the truth but when she repeated her statement and also added that she had witnessed the robbery although she did not name the thief and that there would soon be great excitement over the affair he appeared to consent to go in a moment they passed by door on their way downstairs i was surprised that he should accept her statement about her having seen the diamonds taken without further question but he was greatly excited and is probably not very sharp and consequently failed to notice the improbability of her having witnessed a robbery and instead of notifying the family of the fact waiting for them to discover the loss themselves i congratulated myself over the lucky escape of your diamonds fred and saw something besides a joke in my having taken them and in my allusion to both father and kate in the message at being improper custodians of them really in the light of what i then knew my message seemed almost prophetic we were all deeply interested in this statement by pierre but not more so than sloane who throughout its recital sat with his eyes steadily fixed upon him when he had concluded sloane addressing me said in a very self-satisfied manner this story furnishes another proof sir of the correctness of my suspicion that the girl in her statement did not tell all she knew no wonder that miss lindley found her excited before she told her of the supposed robbery considering the experience she had just passed through witnessing in what she believed to be the theft of the diamonds by young mr lindley followed so soon by the disgraceful actions of her brother i knew well enough at the time that if she would only tell us all she knew it would be of service to us i was misled by her into suspecting her of being in league with richard but it appears that i did not go far astray in my suspicions against him i could not be supposed to know that mr pierre had anticipated him in getting hold of the jewels thus interrupting his little game i own up to my mistake with regard to the girl and am sorry that she should by her reticence have aroused my suspicions against her i was not responsible for that when she learns of the results in this case she will see that her mistaken course has led to unnecessary trouble and confusion while it has not benefited either herself or her brother we appreciate your interest in the affair sloane i replied and are under many obligations to you although you were not successful in your first efforts here i can see now that if we had allowed you to proceed in your own way instead of retiring you when you supposed you were upon the point of success you would have gotten at the real facts of the case several days sooner than you finally did in what way fred eagerly asked kate if we had informed mr sloane i answered of winnie's story to you and of pierre's absence of course he would have proceeded at once to find a cause for the latter and would have settled it all in a day or two just as he did when we finally told him of those facts or even if we had not told him ourselves the imprisonment of richard and her own threatened arrest would have caused winnie to tell him of what she saw reflected in the mirror and the result would have been the same 
I see it, Fred, said Mr. Lindley, and that the discharge of Mr. Sloan was another blunder on my part. I am afraid, sir, I replied, that if we continue looking for blunders, as you call them, we shall find that none of us are exempt from their commission, excepting only Pierre. Therefore, I propose that we cease speculating over the what-might-have-beens of the past, and congratulate each other and ourselves upon the present happy termination to our perplexities. Nothing remains to entirely clear us of further doubt, but a confirmation of my belief as to my father's disposition of the diamonds, which, I am confident, I shall have early to-morrow. If I am right in this supposition, I shall also be able to prove Miss Hartwell to be the legitimate owner of a choice pair of the missing brilliants. While all, excepting Pierre and Sloane, knew something of the drift of my latter remark, they all seemed equally astonished at it. After Miss Hartwell had explained in a droll manner to Pierre and Sloane the temporary excitement which a fancied resemblance between the solitaire earrings which she was then wearing and some of my missing ones had created, she turned to me and asked in what way I expected to prove the identity of the jewels. Very simply, I replied. Our man Watson evidently sold some of the earrings soon after his arrival in Boston to Messrs. Blank and Co., and you became a ready purchaser of a pair of them, all of which goes to show the fine artistic taste possessed by yourself and the gentleman in question. I thought I could not easily be deceived in our own work, but the facts connected with your purchase of them compelled me, at that time, to abandon any hope of obtaining from them a clue worth following. Just now, those very facts are strong evidences to me that Mr. Watson will tomorrow confirm what I have predicted. Chapter 19 It turned out just as I supposed. Next morning, on reaching the store, I found Watson already there. Father had given him all the earrings returned by Pierre. He had sold several pairs of them to Blank & Co. on the day after he had left the store, and a reference to his memorandum book showed that the pair purchased by Miss Hartwell was among those thus sold. Among the letters in the morning mail upon my desk was one from Father, enclosing a memorandum of diamond earrings returned to store by Mr. Pierre Lindley, which I gave to Mr. Watson to add to his stock for Boston trip. Here followed a list of numbers and marks taken from eleven pairs of earrings, which, upon comparison, tallied with my private memorandum of those which I took with me to Mr. Lindley's house. Including the pair selected by Kate, they were all accounted for. Father, in his letter, explained the enclosure by saying that, in looking for a certain paper in his pocket-book, he had found this instead, and could only account for its presence there, and the absence of the other paper, by supposing that he had mistaken one for the other at the office. The private paper to which he referred contained the names of some hotels and other information of value to tourists, which he had jotted down at the suggestion of a friend who had called at the office, and who was experienced in the section which father proposed visiting in his haste at leaving he probably placed the wrong paper in his pocket-book in which case i had probably found the other among the papers and letters which he had left for my attention it was of no value then and i might destroy it if i had not already done so i remembered some pencil notes such as he mentioned which i had found among other papers upon my desk as they did not interest me in any way i did not understand why they had been placed there and had returned the paper to my father's desk for him to dispose of upon his return it still remained there and an examination of it showed it to be the paper for which he was searching when he came across the memorandum of the earrings the two papers were exactly alike in size and shape and might easily be mistaken for each other by a person in haste such errors frequently occur but are seldom followed i fancy by results as serious as followed this oversight of father's 
his letter cleared up the only remaining mystery connected with the diamonds and nicely rounded up the explanations previously made by pierre what at one time had looked to be so serious an affair had now that the light was turned upon it from all directions proven to be but a singular mixture of incidents which harmless of themselves by their peculiar combination had been the cause of much anxiety perplexity and trouble now that it had terminated so happily we might laugh over our experiences but all the same would not wish soon to repeat them chapter twenty as soon as she learned of pierre's return and of his explanations which followed it winnie made a clean breast to kate of her rencontre with her brother as overheard by pierre it had greatly alarmed her and she had since been in constant fear that when matters had quieted down again in the house richard might repeat his visit kate consulted with her father and pierre on the subject and as a result of their conference pierre visited richard at his home told him what he had overheard and promised him clemency if he would agree to leave the city and remain away richard accepted the alternative and provided by pierre with a passage ticket and enough money to furnish him support until he could secure employment he left for a far distant western town i leave him there in the hope that separated from his old companions and the temptations of city life and dependent upon his own energies he may redeem himself from his bad character and habits and start upon a career of honesty and industry as it may be expected of me to give some further information upon a more interesting part of my story i will say that i have an engagement to appear in boston shortly as best man to pierre at his marriage with grace hartwell to whom kate is to be first bridesmaid i am still a frequent visitor at the lindley's more so than usual just at present as the arrangement of details of the approaching wedding appears to require many conferences between us i have tried to comfort myself in my bachelorhood with the thought that kate feeling the loss of her brother's society might possibly allow me to take his place in her sisterly affection i mentioned the subject to pierre the other day and his answer was such a peculiar one that i have been puzzling over it ever since to try and get at what he meant said he kate don't want any other brother and if she did you ought to see that you could not properly assume the role that is not what is ailing you my boy your symptoms indicate something more serious kate is also i think suffering from some cause grace and i had similar premonitory symptoms and i suggest that you and kate get together and compare notes as we did it will be comforting at least and may as it did in our case result in your discovering a remedy try it my boy it can't hurt you in any event and i really believe it will help you out of your trouble i shall have to ask kate what he can mean the end end of section fifteen end of a flurry in diamonds by amos chiptree